Welcome to Scars to Stars, where conversations and personal stories let us know we are not alone. In this show, you will meet authors and speakers from our books and events as they share vulnerable personal stories to spread hope and inspire you through adversities in your own life. The world is a difficult place. You will find like-minded people here with kind hearts and supportive souls. I am your host, Dina Brown Mitchell. I am a suicide survivor and the founder of the Realize Foundation. I am so glad you are here. Let's dig into this meaningful conversation. So hello, everybody. It's Dina with the Realize Foundation, and I'm here with Katie Miller today. And Katie is one of our authors in book three, and she is also part of the Teens Suicide Prevention Society, which we're going to talk about. But first, Katie, I want to ask you, what is your chapter about? The chapter title is called From Touched to Empowered. And it goes through my story, my perspective of what happened that left me touched by suicide and how that connected with my sisters and my mom and every everyone else who started the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. Uh, what I did not realize is that when my sister gave her seven-minute talk about her first suicide attempt and all of the attempts that followed, she's still with us, but she still struggles with suicidal thoughts every day. And she wanted to get the tools that she had learned into the hands of teens before they needed them. And this was in, I believe it was August of 2019, when my sister gave that talk. So that's what launched the mission itself. But going through the process of working with the Teen Suicide Prevention Society, I remembered other times where there were other situations with other friends or family members where suicide came across, either as an attempt or they had died. And so that's why I wrote the chapter that I did, because there were all these little touches along the way. And that just led to our family being empowered to do something about it. Thank you for sharing that. It's important. And I can relate to part of what your sister has gone through. Obviously, I don't know the whole story, but it's anybody who's dealing with that, whether it's teens like you, um, your mission is teens and my mission is more adults and business owners and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But it all matters. And the the statistics for the teens, especially in the last couple of years, is staggering, incredibly sad. Um, so that brings me to ask you why you wear a unicorn horn. <laughs> I refuse to grow up. No. <laughs> that's part that's part of the reason. Part of the one of the tools that we use is finding out what is your reason for staying. You know, why not commit suicide? And when we were first building this script and we were building out these tools, um, my mom, Jackie Simmons, was creating the script for the talk that saves lives. And one of the questions is, why stay? And me being her guinea pig for the very first talk, 
was being very sarcastic and said, because I haven't seen a unicorn yet, damn it. <laughs> well, lo and behold, my subconscious heard me say this out loud and thought it was important enough for me to keep it stored in a file called Reasons for Staying. Didn't think anything about it for the next couple years until I almost lost my husband. And things got really dark for the family. For Well, for me, it got really dark. And part of me was debating whether it would be better for me to stay or better for me to go. So then the life insurance money would be available for my husband and our son. And lo and behold, this little voice in the back of my head piped up and said, but you haven't seen a unicorn. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, <laughs> this, this script worked. My, my brain remembered that that was one of the reasons that I had given. And so that's the other reason why I wear the unicorn horn is because it, one, it makes me smile. It brings me joy in my life. Um, but the other one is that it reminds me that it doesn't matter how dark it is. There is still light. There's still an option. That's true. That I, I love that story. <laughs> I love that story. It was, um, one, it was one of those that's like, oh, wow, this, um, shoot, I have to tell my mom she's right. It worked. <laughs> Well, I'm glad she's right. And I'm glad that you guys have this, this tool for kids and, and parents to um, have a conversation. And that's, it's just so important. It's, it's so crazy how much one conversation can change so much. So. And, and the script is, even though the script was for the Teen Suicide Prevention Society, the talk that saves lives could be used for any de demographic, any group that's at risk. Mm -hmm. um, it's really just changing the, you know, one word in the very first question. And the first question is, have you heard about the rise in teen suicide? Well, exchange teen for veterans mm -hmm. or veterinarians or doctors or teachers or LGBTQ communities, you know, you so that one question, even though we say don't change the script, that one question can be altered slightly to whichever demographic it is that the person you are talking to fits in mm -hmm. or one that you are passionate about making a positive impact on. I mean, my brain always goes to entrepreneurs. Yes. <laughs> because <laughs> that's my life. Um, and you think about, you know, losing people like Kate Spade and, and Twitch. And it just breaks my heart because they had so much, they had so much to live for and so much that they gave to the world. And, and that goes for anybody, but it's just, um, you know, I think that demographic has different struggles than, than teens, obviously, or than other people who have different professions, but it's, um, I don't know. I didn't mean to get off topic, but it no, just that's okay. Because because I was it just is... reading about about Twitch and how yeah. Allison was had to go to court to even get the royalties from stuff they built because he didn't have a will. And and oh, wow, 
the whole life insurance thing is is really touchy too because some people will not cover it if it's suicide so there's there's a lot of things that that are logistical around somebody dying that suicide changes if that makes sense It does. And that's why one of the things that I focus on is just breaking the silence around it. Because you will notice I don't use the phrase commit suicide. And the reason is because commit indicates there's a crime involved. And way back when, it was considered a crime against the community because it's been proven that if you have been touched by suicide, your subconscious tells you that is an option. Well, thanks to social media and the news, we all know a designer, an entrepreneur, a singer, an actor, um, comedian. I mean, there's the list goes on and on as to, wow, I, if I don't know them personally, I at least know of someone. Mm-hmm. So that puts, that increases everybody's risk of suicide. So I understand why from the logical part of my brain and previously working in insurance, why they would have that in there. But that's got to change because it's not a crime. It just means that they did not see there was another option available. Yeah. And that's why I work so much with the teens because the prefrontal cortex, the section of the brain right here in the front about that helps us make a critical decision in our lives isn't even fully developed until we're 25. And we're expecting teenagers to make adult decisions when they're still dealing with raging hormones and high emotions. Okay. So that's where my folk, you know, yes, we're all the teen suicide prevention society, but working one-on-one with teens and young adults is where my focus has been. Yeah, I'm just putting up your website so people can yeah. find you. Yeah, um, teaspoons.org is a redirect to the website because the website is actually teensuicidepreventionsociety.com and that's really long. <laughs> so we found teaspoons.org because T-S-P-S, Teen Suicide Prevention Society, teaspoons. <laughs> kind of cute. Yeah, it's catchy so it's easier to remember well the other thing is is all it takes is a teaspoon of kindness and you can positively impact someone's world not just their day their world that is a good point so that brings me to another question for you sure um and that is how have you um your experience um, through this project of writing in this book and being part of our community? And what is that? What kind of um, impact has that left on you? Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually interesting because um, it, it several different ways it impacted me. One of them is the fact that In the beginning of my chapter, I refer to an incident that happened when I was a teenager involving one of my friends. And I actually reached out to that friend and told them that I was going to be sharing this story 
and wanted to give them the heads up and offer to let them read the first draft when I had the chapter written. And I have not spoken to this individual for years, well, well over five or six years, probably even longer than that. Um, they actually responded to me this time through social media and said that they would be interested in at least reading the chapter and thank you for the heads up. Um, so I did. I sent him the chapter and I said, if there's anything that needs to change, you know, let me know. I didn't hear anything. So I'm like, okay, that's perfectly fine. I did what I thought was necessary because I am sharing someone else's story, but from my point of view. And so that helped me connect, at least for a little while, with this individual and find out, you know, want to, just want to make sure everything's still okay. Um, the other process of it that was fascinating was the writing part of it. I mean, I've written chapters for other compilation books before, but they've always been like short <laughs> things, like a page, maybe three. So with this one, it was interesting because I wanted to make sure that I did the story justice. And I was afraid that it was going to take me forever to write it. When in actuality, all it took was for me to sit down and start typing. And it's interesting because you'll, when you read the chapter, the first word, the first like three sentence talks about how I can hear my mom calling me telling me that I have a phone call because that's how I remember that's the beginning of the story that I'm sharing was receiving a phone call from my friend and it just flew the words just came right out of me right into typing it out and I was surprised that when I went back and read it it didn't need editing it was exactly as I remembered it now, granted, my memory might become more clear later on, so more details might be needed. But at this moment, it's exactly what it needed. And all the parts that would give any kind of indication as to who my friend is, was changed to my friend or they. Because I didn't have permission to share that. So it is a little bit distant in the story because of that, but I wanted to honor their identity because I didn't have permission. So it's still hard to think about what has happened um, with this friend and with other friends because I've had several friends who have tried or died by suicide. And it's heartbreaking because you can't see it coming there are no outward signs and when we asked teens who had attempted their you know why their response was i don't know and the only reason it's an i don't know is because they didn't see any other option at that point in time so one of the things that I do as a coach is I help create personal pause buttons. So then when someone is feeling anxious, stressed, depressed, overwhelmed, they can press a pause button, bring their fingers together, like making the okay sign, 
and it instantly slows the heart rate and causes the mind to clear and lets you see that there are options. You know, one of the things we don't want to do is make a permanent choice to a fixable solution. And having a bad day is, is easily fixable. That is true. Very true. And sometimes there's a lot more to it than that, but that's why there's always options to work with somebody. And depending on whether it is to the point to where you need truly and you truly need intervention where you speak to doctors and everything like that, or it is more upstream where it's pure prevention, where it is just sharing that you're having a negative thought. That is perfectly normal and human to have a negative thought. Yes, it is. And multiple times a day. And multiple times a day. <laughs> the problem is getting stuck in that negative echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why we have things like the script to have a conversation with somebody. And we even have a, a why not workbook, which is a workbook you could do yourself. Mm-hmm. And it breaks you out of that negative echo chamber. And both of those are, are for free on our website. You can Go to the website right there at the top. There's a button that says get the guide. And it's really awesome. Everyone, you should do it. <laughs> yeah. Read it, share it, you know, spread it out to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to suicide proof the world. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. And it starts the conversation. And even if it's something as silly as. I have a guide. They gave me a script. For me to become an advocate for living, I need to practice. Do you mind helping me practice my script? Mm-hmm. There is no judgment. There, It is all neutral language. And it is available to have an open conversation. And the person that you ask is probably going to say, oh, this is practice. They're not judging me. Not a problem. Oh, I get to help. Yay. Mm-hmm. And I added the script to the end of my chapter. So I have another way to help get it out into the world. That's awesome. It's great. And even, you know, even though it was made for teens in mind, it might just help a lot of adults once it's in the book and out in the world. Well, let's see. My sister gave her talk in August of 2019. So by the time we went through the process and received our 501c3 uh, classification, it was April 1st of 2020. April Fool's on us. That was right when they were closing the schools due to COVID. So everything that we were planning on doing on going into the schools got to be put on hold. And that's when we realized with the attempts rising across the board that yes we're the teen suicide prevention society but we want to stop it for everyone absolutely and that's why we made the adjustment to the script you know you can change that first question well i want to share that the realized foundation was formed on march 30th of 2020 <laughs> 
that's funny. Sorry. Yeah. And we had been talking about it for about a year prior because in my former business, we did events all over the state of Colorado. And what we were doing was we were trying to create team building stuff for our corporate clients that would be around mental health. And that was the original idea. <laughs> but then it it turned into something totally different because God had a different plan and that's okay. But also your story about your friend is also very dear to my heart because the whole reason I'm doing what I'm doing is because I lost a friend suicide and it was somebody I had known and worked with for 20 plus years. And um, I don't have permission to share his name either, but everyone always asks me who it is. And, you know, people in my circles in Colorado know, but um, it's not something I can talk about publicly, but it's just, we had been trying to have lunch for months before and we just never had our, we both traveled a lot. And we just never got our schedules to line up and I didn't get to have that lunch. And that one sentence is what keeps me doing what I'm doing because I don't ever want to have that happen again. But yeah, that's why we're here. That's why there is a Scars to Stars. And I'm excited about the future because with two years and not a lot of money and not a lot of reach, we've done a lot of things for good. And I know how many people we've helped. So imagine if we can raise the money and we can have more events and reach more people, what we can do. And especially when we team up with other organizations like yours, like what we can do in the world. Absolutely. Are you feeling alone, lacking hope, and unsure of the future? So many people are feeling the same way. How could you not after an unprecedented lockdown of the entire globe? The fallout has changed the normalcy we all knew. It's hard when you feel lost, and even harder when you're scared to talk about it. We are here to help. At the Realize Foundation, we provide peer-to-peer -peer support through conversations, community, and personal stories. It is our mission to spread hope and let you know that you are not alone. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love for you to become part of our membership community to get the peer-to-peer -peer support you need. Learn more at the call to action link for Scars to Stars membership. I look forward to seeing you in our community of kind souls. So much information is available now. I when let's see, my sister would have been about thirteen, so we're talking mid nineties when she had her attempt or her first attempt, I should say. It was mid to late nineties for my friend from high school. You know. There was not a lot of information at all during that point in time. In fact, one of the top indicators of that you were um, potentially suicidal was actually visiting the Center for Disease Control website and looking up suicide prevention. Yeah. 
there was nothing be, there was nothing before that everything was always in reaction there was nothing that was pure prevention and yes. so that's what we've been working on and with what you've been doing you're working on it as well and there's been so many people who have come forward just talking on a whole about you know mental health issues and how it's not a bad thing this is normal for us you know it's not a stigma not something to be swept underneath the rug you know that is helping as well yeah well my attempt was in 97 it was around the same time and i was taken to the hospital and woke up there and was pretty angry that I was alive, to be honest with you. And um, within eight hours of me being checked into the hospital, they let me walk out the front door with a note to call a doctor and make an appointment. Yes. Only eight hours? Yes. It was probably midnight, 1 a.m. or so. Um, maybe two when I got there and I was home by midday the next day. Yeah, I'm not sure how long my sister was there because to be honest, I have very little memory of that day. It, it's funny, it didn't dawn on me as to what day um, she had her first attempt until sometime this year, actually, after hearing the TED talk that my mom did um, about Stephanie's suicide attempt and about our mission for the Teen Suicide Prevention Society, that it dawned on me that the memory that I have of being pissed off that my sister got to have a sleepover with my mom in the living room, and I never got to have a sleepover with mom, there's something not right about this, was actually the night that my sister had attempted. Mm -hmm. And it didn't dawn on me until this year yeah. because my brain was protecting me. And it's, it's, it's funny, the perspectives, it, it's kind of like watching those crime movies where you get all these different people talking about a crime or something that happened and they all have a different picture of what actually happened. And in 2020, when I decided I was going to talk about this, Mm -hmm. And I started trying to journal and remember and um, finally went to a therapist and talked about it. And during that time, there was the, the day or the, the few hours around my attempt are so crystal clear to me. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like, I just that it all just happened. I can remember it that clear. I even remember what I was wearing when I woke up in the hospital. But I can't remember so many other things around it. And so in 2020, I started reaching out to some of my friends that I hadn't, I've kept in touch with, but didn't really see that much anymore because we don't live in the same place and asked them to tell me what they remembered around that time. And it was, it was kind of crazy what some of them remembered or thought because none of them knew the whole story. I've never, I had never told anybody right. what, what 
happened or what, why or anything. And so even my mom, like I was, I was managing a restaurant at the time and I went to work the next day, next few days. I came home a couple days later and my mom was sitting in my living room and I was in Phoenix and she lived in Louisiana. Ooh, field trip. And neither one of us know how she got in. Neither (laughs) one of us can remember many things about that couple days that she was there. Um, And it's just, so crazy to me how our mind works like you said it protects you from certain things or it maybe hides things from you that you just it doesn't matter because it's it's a detail or a conversation that maybe hurts us and to remember it is to relive the whole thing I don't know but it's that is one thing that can easily happen um one of the things that I found with the training that I've done for, you know, creating the personal pause buttons and the uh, process for dismantling the negative emotional triggers from the events of our past is that our brain is an amazing search engine and it remembers everything, even though we consciously can't remember everything. And that's why it's so important about what we say not only about others, but most importantly, what we say about ourselves. And it's not just, you know, speaking it out loud, which, you know, reinforces it because you're tasting your words when you speak and you hear yourself speak. But even just talking to yourself inside your mind, you know, your brain thinks that it's important if you say it often enough. So it's going to save that evidence and then look for more evidence that supports it. Mm-hmm. So that's why we need to change the conversations that we're having with ourselves. Absolutely. I was watching, I think this is relevant. Yesterday, I was watching an event with Matthew McConaughey. The Art of Living. The Art of Living. I was watching that too. <laughs> I didn't get to see all of it, but I saw like the last half of it. Mm-hmm. And at the end... He was talking about being selfish. Yes. And how selfish and selfless is actually the same thing. Because when we take care of ourselves, it's it's just like the oxygen mask. When we take care of ourselves, we can take better care of other people. And I think that was his whole point, but saying in a in a in a unique unique way. And I was really happy that I got to hear him talk about that. Yeah, it it was an amazing so much amazing messaging Mm -hmm. in the event that he had and the part about selfish and selfless. And there were parts that were about the, you know, having the conversation with yourself and realizing that it's okay. And the, I don't know if you saw this part, but towards the beginning, he was sharing a story about where um, I don't even remember what the movie was, to be honest, but his first big blockbuster. And he was talking about how imposter syndrome came in because he was questioning whether or not he was worthy 
of this sudden boost in his him being a celebrity and he goes through the whole story about you know taking a break and going to some monastery to you know meditate and talk to the brothers there and i'm trying i don't want to get the details wrong so i'm not gonna like try and share his story or anything but he apparently he like told everything like everything to one of the monks and when he was done he was thinking oh my gosh i'm going to be judged i'm going to be criticized this person's going to tell me what i've done wrong and the brother leaned over and whispered me too i mean this is somebody who hasn't been in hollywood hasn't been in the movies or anything else but still had the same kind of intrusive negative thoughts about being an imposter mm-hmm. that he was not good enough. And I'm like, well, shoot, I'm going to share the words me too with everybody because guess what? You're not alone. It's so true. It's like the most trivial things that we tell ourselves. We think it's just us. Yes. We think it's like, Yes, I'm the one who just does not want to get out of bed. And that can be a big accomplishment on some days. Yes, it can. (laughs) I know that that can be a big accomplishment on some days. And like logically understanding that there's probably millions of other people on that same morning who feel exactly the same way. But we all think it's just us. And there's something wrong with us. And it's it's not. We're just all flawed human beings trying to survive in this world. And, you know. It, it's part of the uh, caveman brain. And, and literally, because our brain was designed to always be on the lookout for danger. That's how the caveman survived is they were keeping consulent vigilance on what plants were safe to eat, where it was safe to walk, you know, so they didn't run into something or walk through something and where to stay away from the animals. So everything was always looked through this lens of caution. And if one person was ill or sick, they were removed from the tribe the community so then that way everyone else didn't get sick well that kind of leaves us all with the same kind of brain mentality that we're afraid of getting booted off the island i mean think about it it's true you know i don't well i don't know there was a few episodes of survivor that i saw and i'm like yeah if i was there i wish i'd get booted off because i don't want to be around this drama but (laughs) you know but you we're like, oh, we don't want our friends and family to know what's going on because we don't want them to think less of us. Well, one, if they think less of you, they're not really your friend. Most of them want to be there and will ask, well, what can I do to help you? And the people who really don't care or or bully you or talk negative about it are people that you should not have in your life. I'm sorry, but that's true. And it's it's hard to walk away from somebody who has been in your life for a long period of time. But you have to realize that you got to take care of yourself first. 
You know, put on that oxygen mask first. The airlines had it right for decades and we never do it. It's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's part of our hope course on our website. That's free kind of like your workbook mm -hmm. that is um, the P and hope is all about protecting your mind and that who are you surrounding yourselves with? Are you surrounding yourself with people who lift you up and support you? Or are you surrounding yourself with people who tear you down? And it goes back to what Katie said about what we tell ourselves. You know, if we're, if we're beating ourselves up and then we have people around us who are agreeing with that and saying the same things, no wonder we don't want to get out of bed. You know, if there are people, even if you're having negative self-talk to yourself, and you're surrounded with loving people who support you and lift you up, then it's easier to get out of that place. And there is a trick for that, um, which is part of a workshop that I teach. So here's the micro version of that. When you notice you are having a negative thought, you'll no normally notice because you all of a sudden your energy level will drop. You know, so if you start going to, well, that was stupid. Why did I do that? You know, change the way you're thinking. Go, oh, I used to believe I was stupid because I made this mistake. Now I've decided. And then what's the opposite? So for me, my biggest struggle was I'm not good enough. I was, you know, last one picked for softball, last one picked for this, last one picked for that. I'm not good enough. I don't get straight A's. I'm not good enough. Well, fooey on that. I used to believe, stick it in the past where it belongs. I used to believe that I wasn't good enough. Now I've decided I am good enough. And I know this is true because. And then I list the evidence that shows that I am good enough. I am good enough to run a business. How do I know this? Because I have my own business. I am good enough to be a mom. How do I know this? Because I'm a mom. I am good enough to help others because that's what I do. And I can look back and be like, oh, I remember when I was a teenager and I did tons of community service on top of what was required for me to graduate. That shows that I'm good at helping people. Hmm. I know that I'm good enough because I got straight A's my senior year. Unheard of in my world. That was pretty cool. <laughs> That's great. No, I think it, it's it's that manifestation, which I always thought was just, you know, it's kind of like people would tell me to journal. People would tell me to do meditations. And I'd be like, I don't have time for any of that. And, you know, thankfully... I had a lot of time in 2020 to right. process all of this stuff and do some of those things that I always put off because I was too busy and learned how valuable it is. And I was listening to Mel Robbins yesterday and she was talking about, you know, how um, when she first was, when she first did her TED talk, and or one of them and her her first speaking gig and how totally nervous she was and 
she had never done it before. And she was like, I don't know. It, she tells the story way better than me, but I was <laughs> it's like me trying to, to say Matthew McConaughey's story. Not good. <laughs> and her, her point though, was that every day she got up saying, I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to accomplish mm-hmm. this. I'm going, it was no, I mean, she was doubting it. She was nervous. She was scared, but she's like, instead of telling myself all those things, I'm going to tell myself what is going to happen. And, you know, sometimes that takes a while to materialize, but it is the mindset that we need to have in order to rise above the mental health issues and the the self-doubt issues and the, you know, self-deprecation issues how do we get above that and it is really about just believing and napoleon hill his famous quote about you know whatever the mind can believe and conceive you can achieve right and that has stuck with me for years because I used to think of it more in a business sense and like business goals and stuff like that. And now I really think more about it personally and it's really powerful. It is. And that's one of the reasons why I use the tool where I list the evidence to support my new empowering decision that I am good enough. It's the same thing as like me shouting, Oh, it's because I haven't seen a unicorn yet. You know, it's putting that file of evidence and organizing it inside our brain. So then that way, next time the negative thought comes up, here's all this evidence to show me that negative thought is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, when we do the journaling and we're just writing about everything that's going on in our lives, we can go back and look at it and be like, oh, look what I used to believe. I really used to think about that of myself. Ooh, ooh. So much better. I mm-hmm. Evidence, that's gone. And then get rid of it. You know, now I've been doing this for a couple of years, so pretty much the limiting beliefs come and go, but they don't stick. Yeah. Because of the fact that I've now got this file folder of evidence for these limiting beliefs. My hardest limiting belief, this was the hardest one for me to conquer, was I could not make money as an entrepreneur. And that was a limiting belief that I adopted back when I was a teenager and my mom was a stay-at-home daycare provider. And I can remember the money arguments between her and my stepfather. And I was like, that's it. I have to have a nine to five job. I have to know what my paycheck is every two weeks. So then that way I can budget, take care of my bills, take care of my family. So I have always had a, a, I call it nine to five, even though sometimes I was working graveyard shifts. You know, I always had a, a W-2 job. Well, then COVID hit and I lost my W-2 job. And nobody was hiring because everything was shutting down. So what option did I have? Do absolutely nothing or find a way to move forward with the mission and me helping get the message out and study to be a coach so that I can help people. Mm-hmm. And I still struggled with, I can't make money as an entrepreneur. I can't make money as an entrepreneur. But then I did this flip 
and started listing evidence. And I was like, wow, I hadn't missed a mortgage payment. Hmm. I had enough money to pay my groceries. Wow, I made more money this one month than I did in my corporate job. I can make money as an entrepreneur. And here's the evidence that shows that I could. Holy crap. Okay, I need to raise the dollar amount as to how much money I can make every month. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. You're and honey. I'm super excited about people reading your chapter and people going to your website. I'll put it up one more time to see the resources you have for teens and parents, but also anyone who anyone is um, experiencing mental health issues or suicidal ideation. Um, so go check out Katie's website. Even, even if you're not dealing with suicidal thoughts and you're just dealing with ugly, icky, negative thoughts, use the tools. You'll build yourself a buffer between yourself and a ledge that you don't even know is there. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's free. It's free. <laughs> That's kind. <laughs> so I want to also tell you about our website, which is therealizedfoundation.org. And you can find all about our books there. You can fill out an application there if you're interested in telling your story. Um, you can also read about our events and other things we're doing. And we have some free videos. We have a whole YouTube channel of interviews and conversations if you're interested in that. And um, you can follow us in social media. You can join our Scars to Stars Live Facebook group, or we maybe we'll see you at one of our events. So um, thank you so much for listening. And it was an interesting conversation. We kind of went all over the board. Yes, so, we did. Um, but you know what? That's okay, because we can't do this wrong. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It's just about the conversations and you never yes. know what sentence is going to catch someone's attention. Like I haven't seen a unicorn yet. So strange hope, things have happened. <laughs> we hope to hear, we hope to see you somewhere soon and I hope you have a fabulous day. I hope you do too, sweetie. And thank you so much for what you're doing with the book and the resources that you share. Thanks Katie. I'm so happy you joined us for this conversation. My wish is that you found comfort and hope in your own unique situation. If you resonated with our message, please head over to therealizedfoundation.org where you can apply to write your own story in one of our books. You can also download our 60 Ideas for Self-Care on the resources page. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, you are not alone, you are worthy, and you are enough.